Good evening, good evening after this phenomenal Sunday morning services in all the different campuses and what we had here at uh, the, the powerhouse and the conference center facility. That's why I'm broadcasting here because of load sharing and my word, I want to touch what we shared on this morning. We had so many guests and so many new people and people hungry for God. And this is what we need to experience because we are in June and we are speaking a different subject this month. And the subject that we are speaking is to be built on a strong foundation. Somebody say, strong foundation. So that we can have, my Lord, fearless and powerful followers. Jesus needs followers that can be fearless and make radical choices to say yes for God, to build a strong church. Now, this is so powerful because it's God who works in us. Say, God who works in me. Because if He works in me, then I am here to fulfill the great grand design of what God has designed me for. And otherwise, I'll just go through life and never fulfill what I was designed for. Now, let me help you, every viewer, from wherever you are tuned in. Time is serious, and God needs you. God has called you. Ephesians chapter 1, it says, You were called, you were handpicked, you were set apart, you were chosen by God. <laughs> and then it comes to say, I pray, says Paul, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightening, so that you may know and understand. So there's a knowing and an understanding. A lot of people know, but they don't understand. And that's why it's dangerous, because I want to help you tonight. What happens when I say yes? And we had hundreds of people this morning in the meeting that say yes to God. God first. Every other thing, second, third, fourth. And this is the strong foundation. Because when Paul addressed the church, he says in Philippians chapter 2, 13, New Living Translation, For God is working in you. Say, God is working in me. <laughs> That's why there's a battle, there's a war. God is working in you. You're not bad. <laughs> you didn't make mistakes that you are in this condition. No! God is working in you. And if God is working in you, it's always, listen what it says, He's working in you, giving you the desire, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Oh, my word. Think about this thing, the next thing I'm going to say right now. And this is what I was writing down. I said, you have a plan for the rest of your life, don't you? God has a plan for the rest of your life. And the question is, are they the same plans? If not, I'm in trouble. Many are the plans in a man's heart, the book of Proverbs. But listen what it says. It's only the purposes of God that will prevail. I can base my whole life on plans, travel through life, be on this life journey, 
I never complete what God has assigned me to. Now this is the powerful thing. What if God's plan for your life is far bigger and far better and far more risky and far more fulfilling than what you had planned? You and I choose. In Deuteronomy 30, Moses is the spokesperson for heaven. And he speak, and he put in writing. And he says, God said, I hope before your life and death, the curse and the blessing, and you choose. I get numerous letters, and you can imagine that we, we broadcast and do the keys of faith by the grace of God and share these services. And people send me a thing. Why doesn't God answer my prayer? I try to be a good Christian. I try to... Now, 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 a good Christian, there's a difference between a believer and a true follower. There's a difference between a good Christian and a true disciple of Jesus. Because the world say, oh, we are Christian nation. But do we change the world? Jesus was a person of impact. Everywhere where he went, he stirred up. <laughs> no demon liked him. No religious people. They always plan and plot to take him out and to get rid of him, and they accuse him of blaspheme. And then he said this powerful thing. He said, I did not come to do my own thing. He said, I only came to do the, what the Father told me to do, to do his plan, his will for my life. That's what we are here for. Because if we want to be people that's going to build on a strong foundation. Now I've said it and I just recap quickly before I get in the thing. Strong foundation, how stronger and solid the foundation, how higher the building can go. Otherwise it's going to be shallow and it's going to have no impact and it's going to hit the ceiling and never go further. While the heaven is his throne, the earth, the footstool of his feet. And that God, says Paul, lives inside of you. Say, I have the fullness. See, the devil wants to say, okay, a portion, a little bit. No, no, no. You have the fullness. That's why religious people come and say, the double portion. I understand what they say, but that's not biblically New Testament. Elijah and Elisha, and he said, give me a double portion of what you have. And he said, when you go, I will. And the one that ate miracles, and the other one <laughs> did 15, and while his bones was in the grave, a double portion, and there was war, and they threw the one soldier in the grave, and the bones touched with the body. He jumped up and came alive. <laughs> he had the double portion. But God didn't plan for you for double portion. He planned for you to have the fullness of what he has died for, what God has planned for, what God loves you so much. He put the fullness in you. Acts chapter 1, 8. People say, what's the will of God? Let me help you. What's the plan? Oh, I said, let me help you. We all have a universal calling. All, every born-again Christian. You can serve God a hundred years, and you can just accepting like people did this morning. You have the same calling. Your new creature, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. He gave you. He gave you. He gave you. Say, God gave me. 
He gave me a ministry bigger than any title. The Bible, let me read it out of the Amplified Classic. He gave you the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile us and every person because what you know, reconcile people how? Back to God. Say back to God. Now Paul says that's not all. Here's the fullness, verse 17. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, the previous, moral, spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. (laughs) Say, I'm a new creature. I'm brand new. I'm a brand new man. I'm a brand new woman. Don't let the past hold you back. And in bondage, he says, but all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, in unity, in unity. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Find out how God is operating and do it just as God is doing because I'm not working only for God. I am a co-laborer with God. God and myself, I must come on my word in sync with heaven, in tune with heaven, what heaven is doing right now. And this is what the Bible says, brought us into harmony with himself and gave to us, he gave me, (laughs) the ministry of reconciliation, verse 18. You have it, say I have it. That by, now this is my responsibility as a child of God, that by word and deed, action, we might aim to bring others into harmony with him in unity. It was God's personal present in Christ. Oh, you load it. You load it. Reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Not counting up and holding against men. They trespass us, but cancel them and committing to us, who's now born again, the message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor. 20. So we are, not will be, not maybe, I don't feel it. No, from God's perspective, every born again believer, so we are. What are we? Christ, personal representatives. Christ, personal, you are his PA. (laughs) You are his ambassador. Christ, personal representatives. To do what? Listen what he says. I beg you for his sake, Jesus' sake, to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. What a word. New creature gave you the greatest ministry of reconciliation. He made you Christ personal, personal, personal ambassador And that brings us to the thing because Paul addressed, 
You see, through the years, so many foundations and so many revelations and the most neglected ministry in the Christian world is winning the lost and make disciples. The most neglect, we have seminars and half nars and all kinds of nars. How to be apostle, how to be a prophet, how to be evangelist, how to be a pastor, how to be a teacher. But do we really activate people? How to be the person that can be working and flowing and living in that powerful ministry? That's the only ministry the Bible calls you wise. It's the only ministry that says, heaven rejoice. When a sinner comes to God, heaven rejoice. <laughs> he who wins souls is wise. So if I don't win souls, what am I? No, you said it. I saw your lips there on the other side. Stupid. <laughs> no, God doesn't want us to be stupid and foolish. He who wins souls, the passion of Christ was for the lost. You see, this is the thing, the good thing out of covet. If there anything good can come, it shows our heart. Is it all about me? Selfish, self-centered. Or is it that something are released in me to start living the heart of Jesus? Because Paul says, he says, for no one, 1 Corinthians 3, 11, can lay any foundation, any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. So you've heard me saying you need a model, you need a mentor, and you need followers and friends. So Jesus is our perfect model. Paul followed him and Peter followed him. Peter drift at the moment, but he had to come back to his senses. And Timothy and John and everybody became followers. That's why Paul says, follow me. As I follow Christ, Paul made disciples. In the book of Acts, you can read it, Acts 20. My word. Now he was just a, no, 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 no. <laughs> the New Testament church was birthed out of Acts chapter 2 from verse 42. <laughs> they hold on to the doctrine of the apostles. What was that? The teachings. Jesus crucified, repent, who stood up the day on Pentecost, the apostle Peter, what did he say? Repent and be baptized. My word. He says, and then be filled with the Spirit. That's the instruction. Go and do something. My word. Jesus said in John chapter 20, 21 to them again, just as the Father has sent me, I send you. Say, I am a sent one, not a went one. Went ones can go and they have glamour for a while and they outside the order of God. But then they operate with plans and not God's purpose. And that's what God wants you to operate by. He has paved the way. He paid the price. He loved you so much. He believed in you. He believed in you. Now I'm going to show you what happened when we say yes to God. In John chapter 6, 38, Jesus said, For I have not come down from heaven, not to do my will, my will, his will, 
but to do the will of him who sent me. Somebody shout, say, put God first. Say, God first, God first. Because the enemy tries to lead God's people that are world changers into drifting, drifting away from the original plan. And drifting doesn't start, it starts with a process of time. You discover I've drifted away. That's what happened. Why we need impact, why God is raising up an army, preparation. Now we don't like that. Oh, you want to study to become a seven years, and then you have another year. And you dedicate and study, and you want to have muscles, and you change your diet and stop drinking Coke with sugar, and now you go on Pepsi. <laughs> and you say, and you spend hours in the gym, and you run, and you jog, and you cut out chalk because you want a six-pack and a 12-pack and muscles. But when it comes to God, no, it takes too much time. I don't want to do that. I just want to go to heaven. I'm on my way to heaven. No, passive people never change the world. Every person that said yes to Jesus somehow changed history of nations and of people. Because Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 out of the NIV, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Stop drifting. Let's deal with drifting. Colossians 1.23, the New Living Translation, the A section. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away. Don't drift away. Do you hear the word there? From the assurance you received when you heard the good news. What did we receive? I'm a new creature. God gave me the greatest ministry of reconciliation. He made me ambassador, Christ ambassador, Christ personal representative. I must not drift away from that. Listen, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, message translation. Test yourself. <laughs> to make sure you are solid. Solid is in the Bible, in the faith. Don't drift along. Covet had so many Christians on drifting. They say, well, we've been so locked and I can serve God well in my house. Bless us for and no more. God needs you in a team. He cannot be an island. We need each other. He needs you. You're a part of a body. That's why he created Adam and Eve. He was looking for a family. <laughs> oh, my word. Listen, he says, don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. <laughs> Some people need new plugs, points, oil change, and air filter, <laughs> and a good wash. Because give yourself regular checkups. You cannot drive. Somebody came to me and said, I don't understand. I bought a brand new car and I've never uh, did and the engine ceased. I said that you took it for, for um, services. He said, no, the, the, the salesman was yapping. I don't understand. I said that you checked the oil. He said, never. He said, I was just going with this thing and going for miles and for two or three years. He said, now the smoke comes out and it's got oil leaks and it makes a sound. I said, oh, it's a checkup. 
and we all need checkups. Come on, people. He says, give yourself regular checkups. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. <laughs> now, now, God is looking for my heart. That's what the altar call was about this morning. Nothing that's from my heart and where I put God first can be blessed. God wants everything. He wants us to put him first. He said, I am a jealous God. You cannot give God 50% and 20% and 10%. Some joker came and he serves God and he said, the Bible says I only need to give God 10% of my time, 10% of my money, 10% of my gifts, and everything is 10, 10, 10, 10. And I looked at the person, I think, my word, I don't underestimate my intelligence. The attorney came to Jesus, he said, what? <laughs> Tell me what's the greatest commandment. And Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, not 10%. All of your mind, not 10%. All of your strength, <laughs> it means body, soul, spirit, my everyday living belongs to God. Because in him I live, I move, and I have my being. Come on, family, help me to this night. <laughs> and some of you are watching from where it's day. But this is the thing. Jesus said, I did not come down from heaven to do my own will. Their own will is there. That's why he went to Gethsemane. And he had to put his will that the world's whole world will be on the altar. He shed blood about that. He said, Father, not my will, but your will will be done. Because the word preeminence, Christ is the head of the church, the local church, the global church. He's the head, not me. And he needs, he deserves preeminence. The highest honor, the highest respect, the highest form of obedience that God needs because spiritual growth is an ongoing, everyday experience. I know people, they had these muscles when they were young and they neglected not going to the gym and start eating. Now they're flabby, you know. They look like Jack and the Fat Man, and they look like the Oros Man, and they're flabby. And because they, and they say, one day I was Mr. Universe. One day doesn't help. And the same with your spiritual life. Most people speak about spiritual experiences there and not now. While God wants it, that's why revival is for the believer. You were once upon a time alive on God, on fire for the Messiah. And then it fade, drift away. And what is revival? To bring back to life which, that which was alive a time and died. That's what revival is about. To bring back God's people into the gospel and build on the strong foundation. Matthew chapter 12, 50, and I just confirmed the scriptures. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brothers and sisters. Oh, my word. Who are his brothers and sisters? You are a co-heir with Jesus. Jesus himself said it. For whoever 
does the will, the will, God's perfect will of my Father in heaven is my brothers and my sisters. Now let me bring you to God's plan. Because God said, I want your heart. Imagine if God's got your heart. He's got everything. Then nothing is difficult. Nothing to say effort. Nothing. That's where a lot of people block the blessing. They've got blessing blockers in their life. Because God, I'll give you a portion. I do this. No, God said, I want you complete. And you will be surprised what God can do. Because he equipped you. He imparted in you. (laughs) What happens when I say yes to God? Now, there are three groups of Christians. The one is quarters max. They just stay there on their side and say, I'm minding my own business. I'll just not, don't get over this part. Then you have the campers. They said, oh, I have served Jesus years ago. I'm too old, I'm too young. And I am comfortable when I am. But you've got the climbers. It's the climbers who climbs the mountain that makes the difference. And this is important family that we understand. Because in the beginning we believe. But believing is just the beginning. God did not only call us to believe. He called us to belong and to go over to action that you will grow. Oh my word, Mark chapter 6 verse 12, the message translation, they preach with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. They preach that life will be different. Now, let me help you. What changes when I said yes? Now, we had crowds standing this morning and say yes. And I sat with the people this afternoon. I said, that's not enough. Now, I must take the yes and put it in energy and start doing something and start preparing and come in action, out of traction. Because action speaks louder than words. doesn't help. I said, yes, Jesus, I do it. And we took communion. And I seal it because now what am I going to do about that? Deuteronomy 30 says, you choose. Life and death, the curse and the blessing. But choose by loving the Lord your God with all of your heart. Love God and love people. It's action. So what happened? Let me give you a few things that's going to happen when I say yes to God. What changes when I say yes? Number one. My day become an adventure. I don't have a blue Monday. My day become an adventure. 1 Corinthians 1.9 God who got you started in the spiritual adventure shares with us the life of His Son and our Master Jesus. Life become an adventure. Your day becomes exciting. Hebrews chapter 11.8 By an act of faith. Abraham said yes to God. Yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. And when he left, says the message translation, he had no idea where he was going. But God knows. God gives you the instruction, and the moment when you start moving, life happens. Now, number two. My life becomes a miracle. Oh, 
Listen what says Ephesians 3.20, New Living Translation. By His mighty power at work within us. Where does God's power work? Not only on us, it works within us. To do what? God is able to accomplish infinity than what we should. 30 more than what we should ever dare to ask or hope. Oh, my word. In other words, when we say yes, miracles, God does miracles in our lives. Matthew chapter 9, verse 28 to 30, New Living Translation, Jesus asked, Do you believe I can make you see for the blind man? Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. Then he touched their eyes and he said, Because of your faith, it will happen. And suddenly they could see. Hallelujah. Miracles start touring your life and God makes it happen. Come on, people. Now, number three. First, my day becomes adventure. Second, my life becomes a miracle. Third, my heart becomes at peace. Oh, my word. And uh, we think peace is an absent, listen, of certain things. <laughs> no, peace is when I live in the presence of God. I have peace. That surpasses all understanding. John chapter 16, 33, message translation. I've told you all this so that in trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, says Jesus, deeply at peace. What will you do? Say unshakable. Say unshakable. So that you can have daring faith. You will be unshakable because my heart comes at peace. Saying yes to God means my heart is no longer restless. <laughs> no longer seeking for fake thrills. Oh my word. But living a passionate life for Christ. Come on somebody. Living out a real life of adventure. With we become miracles. Listen. And this is so awesome. With a heart filled with the love and the peace of God. Peace it is God who works through me. And I am at the right place for my life. Now the question tonight. What keeps people from saying yes to God? This morning in one of the services, I looked over the audience and I think, my word, can you imagine that people don't say yes to God? They don't want to. Because it's, don't, don't, don't ask too much. Don't ask commitment. Don't, don't ask me to live in the next dimension. I'm just happy. I, I'm waiting for whatever I'm waiting, and I'm waiting for Jesus to come and fetch me, and then I'm okay. No, you have an assignment on the face of the earth. Time cannot be wasted. What's the three important things on my life journey? My identity. I am a new creature. I have the ministry of reconciliation. I am an ambassador, Christ's personal representative. I am a son and a daughter of God. You can only say you are a son and daughter if you are led by the Holy Spirit. 
what was our foundation scripture in Philippians? He works in us, in us, to do God's will. God's will is not passive, it's active. Listen, what keeps me from saying yes to God? If it's God's journey, listen, this is the life we live, is when we say yes to Him, gives me all the adventure, all the miracles, all the peace, what keeps me then from saying yes? Number one, my fears. My fears. God, I will just allow you a portion of my life. My fears. I'm afraid that God will ask this and that and the car and the house and whatever. God is the giver of all good things. When I give my heart to him, it's like being married in community of property. What's yours? is hers. What hers is yours. It's not mine. It's ours. And this is what God wants to do. Because fear is our oldest problem. Adam and Eve blew it. Listen, in the garden. Suddenly, there's a barrier between them and God. And the first question ever asked on the face of the earth in creation was, where are you? God still asked that question. Where are you? He knew where they were. But he was watching. They living in the presence. Listen, this is so powerful. This planet was where you are. By word. And listen what God asked him. And if, where are you? Adam said, I was afraid. I was what? Afraid. And I hide myself. Since then, people are running and hiding themselves from God, God's assignment, God's purpose, God's worked out good, acceptable, perfect plan. God is never to harm you, never to hurt you. It's always to advance you and to prosper you. The psalmist cries out, The Lord is good to everyone, and his compassion is entwined with everything he does. So, to hide away from God. Number one, I hide myself. Psychiatrist says, it tells that thousand kinds of phobias and fears people have of dirt, of germs, <laughs> COVID-19. That's okay. Be safe. Of Friday the 13th, rainbow. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> I visit one time people, they germophobia people. If you sit in the chair, you still sit and do this, and then she said, just lift your hand, and then she wiped it with a dental. And I said, oh, Jesus, can't we just visit normal? And uh, if you touch the cup and you stir the spoon, moment when you put the spoon, she took it, and then she said, no, no, I need to, I'm afraid of germs. Guess what did she die of? She picked up a virus, and she died of that germs that she was so afraid of. What you fear, that's what Job said, will come your way. I'm not saying just be reckless. I'm saying, my word, don't let fear. They say, but our deepest fears... The fundamental fears people have, they are afraid 
to put God first in their lives. Remember, you have great plans. God also have a plan. I've seen many, I've seen 137 pastors I know that died in this last time. People who had great plans. But listen, it's the now moment that counts. There are people fighting on life support machines right now as I speak. They will give everything, even their front teeth, to sit and watch where you are. But they battle between life and death. People's greatest fear is to say, yes, I put God first. I will love him with all of my heart, all of my mind, with all of my strength. Come on, people. Because to trust God, that's the problem. Wherever, whenever, however, and any time and any place, that's people's deepest fear. Think about when he said, Peter, walk on water. Peter said, if you come, you start walking. Think when he starts sinking, his fears. Oh, my word. The fear is to trust God. And then the next thing, action, show it. Action, show it. Our fruit Come on, somebody, proves it. Are we in faith, believe God, or are we in fear? Are we in faith, believe God? When I believe God, I'll do it. God gives instruction. He said, by his stripes you're healed. But we have the thing, we go more on the symptoms. And I understand, I've been there. I was fighting health issues for a long time now. And I had to stand on the word. There were days that I couldn't feel I pick up my arms. And then I said, Gustav, I'm not asking you how you feel. I'm telling you in the mighty name of Jesus. I went for treatment and they inject me with the wrong stuff. I nearly <laughs> conk out, not even with COVID, wrong injections. But I had to stay in faith and not allow fear to get hold of me. Come on, people. And it's a daily choice because... Jeremiah 29, 11, Living Bible. For I know the plans I have for you. <laughs> Are you afraid tonight, listen, to give in, to surrender, to yield your life completely to God? Because God's word says, I've learned. You can preach and everybody said, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. And when you sit, with them it's a complete different story people don't believe the word any longer and the heaven and earth shall pass away but Jesus said the word will never he says for I know the plans I have for you they are plans for good for good and not for evil to give you a future say God wants to give me a future and a hope he wants to give you a powerful outcome. You're going to end with a bang. Come on, somebody. The th the, and also, the thing what people is, they have substitutes. Oh, my word, what do you mean with substitutes? Because the Bible says people who don't know God and the way he works, they fuss over things. People say, no, I have that revelation. I sat with somebody and said, I explained the word, the word. I, I don't know it all. I can just take you to the word. 
And I tell the people God's way. Be planted. Psalm 92. He wants you to be a cedar in Lebanon. Like a palm tree. That you can flourish. And this person turns around and says. That's not what God called me for. I'm called for the global. Global. Global warming. Global body. Global church. I'm not called to belong. I'm biblical. And then I think my word. And then they go further to say, God told me. It's not God. It contradicts his word. (laughs) It contradicts his word. Because people have substitutes. At a time I went on a diet many years ago and I took substitute sugar. Candorol. I will stand with the keys in my hand on my cell phone. Then I think, where's my key? Where's my cell phone? Then I ask, where's my... They say, you stand in your hand. I came in California and there was a dietitian and we were drinking at a restaurant and I took that substitute. She screamed. She said, don't touch it. I said, why? She said, it gives memory loss. She said, didn't you experience it? I said, oh my word. And I let go of it. Substitutes. It tastes like sugar, but it's not sugar. It sounds right. That's why everybody has now a revelation and a new thing and a new thing. And, and Marilyn Hickey was at a conference and everybody, all the big names there, and they say, what is God doing? And everybody said what they think. And you know, the apostolic, then the prophet, and then this and then that and that. And she stood up and she said, God said what he did in the past is what he's doing right now. The same old thing, the same old thing. Go and make disciples and win the lost. And everybody looked at her. If she's like something the cat dragged in, they went like, no, there's a new, I said, man, the Bible doesn't have new revelations. Go to the word. It's an old revelation. It just hit you. The switch went on. (laughs) Now I'm seeing you ready right now. Don't worry, I'm going to land now. Because substitutes is what keep, keep people away. Because people don't know what is God really busy and what is God really like to do in and your my life. Listen, family, if you don't know, you are afraid, <laughs> you have excuses, and you will look for a substitute. The new thing people say, I'm not under the law. I'm not under the law. I am under grace. I don't need to go to church. I am the church. I don't need to pray. What's this time of prayer? Jesus prayed. What helped Paul and Silas? They sing and prayed. The church prayed after Jesus was in heaven. They outpouring. People, Peter was in prison. They say, I don't need to pray. I am prayer. Paul says in Ephesians 6, he says, pray. Pray in the spirit. That's a part of your weapon. People say, I don't need to worship. I am worship. Oh, Jesus, you need violet kini and you need a facelift because if you think you worship, you sour. <laughs> People who live in worship have a joy. There's something. There's excitement. But you see, life wants to clap you and slap you and trample on you and put you down. And we start chasing and chasing and chasing a name and money and fame and a golden business card and a nice car and a chauffeur and you can have all that but first love God 
and do what God is doing right now. Co-laborer. Then all those things will be given what God has paid for by Jesus. Listen, family, because this translation of Luke chapter 9, verse 61, 62 says, New Living Translation, another said, Yes, Lord, I will follow you. Yes, you see the yes is there. I will follow you, but let me first say goodbye to my family. Jesus told him, Anyone who puts his hand to the plow, then looks back, is not fit for the kingdom. What makes me not to will say yes? Second thing, idolatry. Say, I don't serve images and stuff. Let me help you. What's idolatry? Anything. Somebody say anything. That you put above God. Your job, your business, your meetings, your appointments, your excuses. You've seen what Jesus said. Somebody who has an excuse. If he puts his hand to the plow, he cannot look back. Doesn't mean be reckless. No, we need to love God and love people as we love God and love God as we love people. That's how God measured my love. Because by this shall all men know. They will know it. You don't need to tell them that you are my disciples. When you have love one for another. He says, listen. I put pleasure <laughs> above God, comfort, my dream, my money, my hobby, my drug, my car. Anything you put above God can become an idol. You don't need to have images and statues in your house. People are afraid. God is going to ask them to give it away. <laughs> and they cannot because they don't own things, the things own them. This is where the, the, the thing, I sent somebody a message on the way here to the broadcast. I said, because God found them faithful in little, now God can trust them with much more. God gives you, and that's where a lot of people mess it up. God supply, and we believe God, and then God comes through, and then the Lord said, okay, give. I said, no, I'm not going to give. Now, how can God trust me with much more if I'm not faithful where I am right now? You work for a boss, and you get money, or somebody bless you, or you inherit, and if you're not faithful in that, that's where the flow is going to stop. Because God cannot bless people that are stingy. If I love him, it's lovers. A lot of people are Christians, but they're not lovers of God. Oh, I serve God. I have my Bible. I believe in the Ten Commandments. I say, name them. They cannot name one, but they believe in them. I bought my life on the Ten Commandments. said, name them. They cannot. Because they try to build a life, but they have idols. Something holds them back. Listen, family, let me just stop. <laughs> oh, my word. I have learned I don't owe anything. It all belongs to God. And if I think I owe anything, Satan will use that as a tool to separate me from God's purpose for my life. 
for the abundance, the overflow. What keeps me is the next thing. Number three, insecurities. We measure ourselves with other people. If you are insecure and you don't trust in his love and believe that he loves you with your shortcomings, with all the mistakes you have made, God doesn't change. He's not us. I like you as long as you do good and then if you make, I don't, no, 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 no. He said, how is it that you see <laughs> the, 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 the what in your brother's eye? <laughs> you see the speck but you forget about the telephone pole in your own eye. <laughs> you look at the toothpick in somebody's eye, but you forget that you have a telephone pole in your own eye. That's Jesus speaking out of the word. You see, insecurity will rob you by word because then you're insecure, you worry, and you want to be in control. They say the number one fear is handing over to God because our human nature is I want to be in control. I do it my way. Now listen, family, and I'm really closing. How do I say yes to God? Is it with words? Is it the altar call that the preacher make? How do I say yes to God? I can say yes in public. I can say yes in my bedroom. But do I mean it? When I say yes, it means I surrender. I hands up. I hand over. I give myself away that God can use me. I surrender my everything. And when I surrender, listen, that means, <laughs> my word, Romans 6, 13. Can I read it out of the TEV translation? It says, don't surrender any part of yourself to sin, to be used for wicked purposes. Now, the moment when we say sin, we think about all kinds. No, pride can be a sin. Stinginess can be a sin. If your brother is in need and you're able to help him, you don't do it, it's a sin. If you're not taking care and feeding and help with the poor and the mission, and I do a call of people, I said, help us join forces with this, that we can impact so many thousands of lives. If I don't do what God's word instruct me, it becomes sin. He said, instead, give yourself to God. Who must give myself? You and I. It's a daily choice. He says, as those who have been brought from death to life and surrender your whole being to him to be used for righteous purposes. What does it mean to surrender? We did a series now on that. I have come to the end of running. I have come to the end of running. Jonah had a call, but he drifted away. He was sent to Nineveh. He took the wrong ship to Tarsus. There's so many people on the wrong ships in their lives. That's why there's storms, and they try anything to calm the storm. No, you need to get back in alignment with God's assignment to be the new creature, live out the ministry of reconciliation. That's satisfied. That's the Father, why he gave his blood. Become Christ's personal representative. <laughs> what do I do? I gave or give myself away. I come to the end. And of running. 
and I'm come to the end of managing my own life and say, I'll do it. This is how, the plans, and not fulfilling purposes. Joshua 24, 22, 23, Joshua said to the people, you are your own witnesses to the fact that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they said. Then he said, get rid of those foreign gods that you have, he demanded, and pledge your love back to the Lord. When I say yes to God, I lose my fear where the devil is kind of, and the devil and the devil and the devil. I say, no, God, I come under your rule and under your control. I lose my insecurities because in him I live and I move and I have my being. And I surrender to God, it means God loved me so much and I give my love back to him and I love him. Now where do I need to say yes to God right now? Samuel was a little boy and he's in the temple and Eli was so backslidden with his sons. And he heard a voice and when Eli actually realized, I think the third time, that it was God, he said to Samuel, go lay down again. And if someone calls you again, say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Are you ready tonight to say, God, here's your servant, I'm listening. What area, a question of my life, am I holding back from God? that I cannot operate in the fullness. What area is it your time? Because everybody is fighting for time, a trap of Satan. God gave everybody 24 hours. That's how you manage your time. People say, we don't have time. We don't have time. Come Monday nights to be trained. No, I don't have time. I'm tired. I'm going to the gym, and then I'm going to play volleyball, and then I'm going to go to the indoor cricket. I don't have time. Oh, we have a, I don't have time but you have seven days that you can manage your time. People have gifts and talents and abilities and musical and whatever, and they, they, greatness comes through serving and say, I don't have time. What you're actually saying is, I have an area in my life where I cannot allow God to take over. What area? Is it money? It, money is never evil. Money is a tool. It's the love. People love money. They love money. I tell you, I'm dealing with people. They love money. But if they play the lotto, if they try to play this new thing, what, um, Africa something, lotto.com, whatever, .co.za, and they hear billions and trillions and zillions, they don't care. People with addiction, they don't care what they spend. And alcohol and drugs, they pay fortunate. We need to learn from the world. What it is to surrender. They surrender. They give themselves over completely. My word. Listen. What area of your life is it that gift? Is it, did somebody hurt you? Are you in pain? Did somebody made a remark? Let it go. Rise up. What will people say? Blow it what people will say. You are responsible. You are, you are housing pulses. Don't you know? That your body are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, you never can do it. It's impossible. You're not going to mount up to anything. Some people tried that. It doesn't work. People told me, that faith message, oh, that's a rainbow thing. Nobody, I said, what? 
now the new thing, I was in Chicago, and they say, the faith message is over. I said, no, 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 no. Hebrews 10, 38. The just shall live. Not to a certain period. They shall live as long as they are alive by faith. By adhering to trust in and believe God above everything. What area tonight of your life are you holding back from God? Out of fear? Out of insecurity? Or substitutes? If God doesn't change yesterday, today, and forever, and he walked, he came out of a 40-day fast, out of the wilderness, he came out as a deliverer, and Satan wants to keep him a captive. And Satan is there, he said, he knew Jesus was hungry. Matthew 4, 4, he said, if you truly the son of God, listen, he tries to fiddle with his identity, turn the stones into bread. Jesus doesn't need to yield to him. Jesus said, Satan, it is written. Man will not live, his life will not be upheld or sustained, amplified classic translation, by bread alone. But his life can only up, be upheld and sustained by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus walked from there at the sea and he saw men, fishermen, and he says, follow me as my disciples. Oh, I love that scripture. I love that scripture. That scripture, <laughs> as young as I am, stuck with me after many years of uh, 46 years by the grace of God in full-time ministry. But that scripture for the last two years is so alive in my heart. He says, follow me as my disciples. Matthew 4, 19. Accepting me as your master. The highest one, the one who directs, the one who's in control, the one who you honor, the one who you follow. Obedience is the greatest key. And your teacher, and your teacher. Walking the same path of life that I walk, then I will make you fishers of men. Then I will make you fishers of men. Matthew 4, 19, the other translation says, follow me. He says, as my disciples, and I will make you. Now, this is the most phenomenal thing. What area? You said yes, one or another time, that you start drifting, that the cares of the world got hold of you, that you start chasing things, and you miss the seven unchangeable things. Why God has called you. You are called, I said in the beginning. God has a great plan. You have a plan. If your plan and God's plan doesn't match, you must let go of your plan because our plans doesn't carry the guarantee. T.B. Joshua with millions of followers, a multi-billionaire, preached last night and he went home and he died. 57 or 50-something. 50 and I don't have the guarantee. Oh, I walk, I know. But you have a now time. What area of your life are you not willing to hand over? Is it that prophecy that somebody pumped your flesh and I'm waiting because people tell me I have a prophecy. I cannot do it now. I'm waiting for the prophecy. Prophecy must be a confirmation what's in your heart. Otherwise, it's a hairy cloud with hairs. And people are not allowed to be led by prophecy. I know I open now for a can of worms. The Bible says you are to be led by the Holy Spirit.
Those are the sons and daughters of God. Those who are led by the Holy Spirit are the sons and the daughters. Prophecy confirms, and prophecy will be a word that God will bring enlightenment from what's already in your heart and confirm in two and three words, every prophetic word. One time somebody prophesied to me, and the other person didn't know, and they walked out. We in the same building, in the same crowd, on the same anointing, and the other person came and prophesied exactly the opposite of what this person said and actually tried to prophesy me in depression. And I said, get behind me, Satan. I have the word of God. It doesn't match up with the word. How will God say a thing now and then contradicts? I was preaching in the church. The one lady came to the front and says, Thus saith the Lord. She first goes, Thus saith the Lord. The Lord said, You're not in the promised land yet. I will depart the water and go through. And she went on and on. And the other lady stood up and she walked and she said, The Lord said she lies. He said, you are in the promised land. And when I took the mic, I looked at them. I said, okay, now who lies here? Because I know what the word says. I said, don't contradict. This is not God. It's a show. Stop the show. Stop the show. You see, people, this is the thing. Because Romans 8 says, creation is waiting on you. Earth is waiting right now. Where you sit there in your bed with Sister Dubai and Brother Pillow and under the hot blanket in front of the heater, in front of the TV, and you watch Kirpent and Eishanwittis and whatever you watch right now. Listen, Fekuk Palace, whatever you watch. God brings us to the point of total surrender. My will. And it's a daily choice. I need to be led by the Spirit because creation is waiting. God could have had a better taste of choosing somebody else in my life. But he still choose you and me. And this is what the scripture says. He says my word. Verse 14 of Romans 8. For all, all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Who are sons of God? I must be led by the spirit. If I'm not led by the spirit, I'm led by other things. I'm in trouble. And this is a wake-up call. I'm standing as God's servant, humbly, as just a messenger to say, total surrender. What happens when you say yes? Your days become a different adventure. You have the peace. Fear goes. You start operating in faith. You call the things that doesn't exist into existence. And you see the miraculous power of Jesus. And you will change lives by his grace and mercy. Because heaven wants you tonight to make this quality decision. Are you ready? Maybe you're watching, share the button and let every, and, 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 and say, Jesus, I don't know you, but I need to know you tonight. Religion is not going to do it. I need to have an encounter with Jesus, give my heart to him. And Jesus said, if you, the word says, if you believe with your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Say, Jesus, I heard the word tonight. I believe I come short of the glory of God. That's what your word says. I call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for giving me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Put my name in the book of life according to your word. Lord, I will serve you from this day. I will not only be a church goer and a church member. Yes, I must belong and I must go. I cannot neglect the gathering. But I will be a world changer, a history maker, a planet shaker. I will tell other people about Jesus, the living Christ. Maybe you've known him. 
but you discover you have drifted away from God's original plan. It's time to turn back. Well, we use excuses and to young and old and to fat and to skinny and to sick and to healthy and that's not going to have. The devil wants your identity. He wants your purpose and he wants you to waste time. We, I, don't have time to waste by his grace. I don't have time. I, I don't have time. I, I, I came home after the morning service and the services today about 3.30 this afternoon. And I said to Lanzel, I don't have time to waste. We need to win the last. We need to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But it starts off with a great yes. Yes, my Lord. Yes, Jesus. Every person that said yes to God changed the world. Every person that said yes and didn't do it, they never complete their godly assignment. Will you tonight not waste time any longer? Will you tonight hand that portion over? And how you do it, demonstrate Satan's defeat. I remember years ago, I was afraid of giving money. And then I had to, and the Lord taught me this lessons. <laughs> so I, I don't care. And I had to conquer it, overcome it. My word, face the challenges. And I can tell you the rest is history, what God can do. What did the doctors say that caused fear? Job said, people say, oh, God, God allowed the devil to attack Job. No, it's unbiblical reader. Job said, I've learned the value of words. What I feared came my way. He feared his family will die. He feared he will go bankrupt. And then the devil had an open area. But God, when he called upon God, God restored him when he was in a better position than ever before. That's what God, your life is important. You are important. You are an assignment in this life. God has your name. You're on the radar screen. He can see how you move. And this is the time. Listen for what God wants to do through you. Will you yield tonight to that? Say, Jesus, here I am. I say yes again. I say many times a day, yes. I say yes. I let go of my fears. I'm no longer going to be in hiding. Hide in the crowd and hide in my Bombs, shells, and high here and high there. No, God, I am here. I'm no longer on AWOL. I say, yes, Lord, here I am. Use me. I let go of my fear. I let go of my insecurities. I let go of my substitutes. And I embrace the word. And I put my trust that you love me so much, Jesus. You love me. He loves you. He loves you. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you and he believes you can. He wants you to say, yes, I am a I can person through Christ because he loves me. God doesn't leave you halfway. He stick with you, stands with you. He gave his highest price, his only begotten son, to show and demonstrate to the sick world what real love is. And tonight... If good stuff can get you to the point by the word. To say God no longer will I run. Here I am. Use me. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to win the last. I'm going to testify. I'm going to every gift, talent, ability you gave me. It's going to be used for your glory. Every penny you give I'll serve you with that Lord. I know you want me to be blessed and prosperous. Yes God but, but God whatever you ask I can never outgive God. Start doing this and say, yes, Lord. Connect with somebody that can encourage you. Be cautious with who you allow to speak. 
look at people. That's the model of Jesus. Come to a life class tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. I'm not trying to get, I don't preach to get nothing. Not, I, I don't want nothing. I, I, I don't do it to be, no, no, no. I don't preach to get you in the church. No, no, no. I, I do it because you have a godly assignment to start. It's time to get back in the backbone and rise up and say fear. COVID-19. We, we may have deaths and we've lost people in a family and we, we, we went through hell and back this last few weeks. But I cannot be parked in the past. I need to move into the now and the present because souls are dying and it's harvest time. The laborers are few and God is calling. He said, push and thrust the laborers into the harvest field. Father, I thank you tonight for each and every person that say yes. We yield to you. I break off in the mighty name of Jesus with the blood of Christ. Every plot and plan of the enemy, every thought that the enemy work, every stronghold that comes in people's minds, a stronghold is every word that opposes the true knowledge of God. And I say, devil, you have no authority. We bring it into obedience, into captivity of your word. Because when I do the word, God honors the word. My word, and I thank you for that right now. Lord, there's an army raising up all over the world. May people hear this word tonight to say, Jesus, here I am. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And Paul says, be equipped. Be equipped. Be trained. Because that's what the soldier does. So that you can be a mighty vessel in this kingdom of God. We love you. You're phenomenal. Thank you for allowing me to share in your home. And... Uh, Tomorrow morning, we do the keys of faith and keep on sending that test. We have phenomenal testimonies. If you want to partner with us to feed the multitudes and the thousands, the winter is still, oh my word, it can get cold and wet and we have so many things that we need to do. And we have a target. Now, if you don't, that's okay. I, I love you. I, I love you. I'm just telling. I just know the scripture, he who gives to the poor lends unto the Lord and God's nobody's debtor. That's his instruction. And tomorrow night, life classes and destiny training at 7 p.m. Eagle Street number three. And then also phenomenal, the prayer time with Pastor Emila, the Zoom meeting. And this whole week, Wednesday morning, the leadership session, 9 a.m. And then all the services. We love you. You're phenomenal. Tell somebody they're awesome and they're special. And that's what you are, God's champions. Good night and God bless you until tomorrow morning.